being in the backyard, being at camp, being with friends and family. I think one thing that the pandemic did is it got us back in our backyards. It got us staying home more. And man, we just started doing so many cookouts, so much grilling. And we've been partnered with Traeger Grills for the last decade. And I don't know if you can be more innovative than what this brand has done from the new Timberline XL and the new Flat Rock, the Ironwood 885, all of their pellets, their rubs, their sauces, their glazes, their smash burger kit. You name it, Traeger Grills is awesome. And we use them a ton. I'm sure you've seen it on the Foul Life. You've seen it in our social media. But get creative. Be innovative. Think outside of the box. Wild game, domestic, vegetables, desserts, pizzas. You can do it all on a Traeger Grill. And like I mentioned, that Timberline XL with that conduction plate, I'm talking high heat, reverse sear steaks, anything you wanna put on there gets it done in a hurry after you put a little smoke on them on the grill, transfers right over, easy as, I mean, just so easy. Everything is simplified. You can download the Traeger Grills app. You can find recipes. You can work with pros like Matt Pittman at Meat Church and Chad Ward at Whiskey Bent Barbecue and so many others from across the country to master these recipes it's simple and that's what traeger is all about they did not want your backyard experience to be complex so when you're thinking of fun and good food and flavor recipes thinking outside the box think no further than traeger grills the official grill of the foul life podcast and the foul life television i can't wait to get back in my traeger grill and uh, just cook up something delicious thank you all very much so before we get off of this personal journey that we started last week about me and what i'm doing um overall strength though part of how it relates to lean tissue you can be strong and be fat you can be fat and not be strong you can be buff and not be real strong you can be chiseled but not lean you could be look like man that dude is a gym rat and not be able to push any weight at all right so there's all these totally there's all these different Very, body types variations yep. of all of that yep so what are we on my personal voyage what are we trying to get with the lean compared to overall strength because my question to you that i posed last week was muscle weighs more than fat correct so if i'm trying to lose weight how do you lose weight on the scale if you're keeping your lean yep. but you're also pushing weight and your your muscle is developing well it's, it, it's funny you say that because that's the biggest thing with going slow right is we want to preserve as much lean as possible people like to look at the scale but it doesn't give you a direct representation of the true your true mass right so so you could be you could be 200 and we could put another guy next to you that's 200 and both look very different one could be obese and the other one very fit and trim and strong so yeah muscle weighs more than fat takes up less room so if you look at a model of a pound of muscle versus a pound of fat the pound of fat's almost twice as big right because it's just doesn't have the volume or the or the um total mass that muscle has so biggest thing that i think people need to do and the reason for going slow and not taking drugs that help you melt body fat fast, because that's not what they do, is maintaining your lean. You know, we could starve you, Chad, and go through just a ton of cardio and minimize the strength, but 
you're going to lose some lean tissue with that. So sometimes you jump on the scale. One of the best things a scale is used for is before and after practice. So you take a big football player who weighs 220 pounds, you weigh him before practice, and you weigh him after, right? Nothing's changed except for his water intake and his sweat loss. So in those two hours, two and a half hours, you weigh him, he might lose five pounds. He needs to put on five pounds of water or put five pounds of water, 90 ounces of water, into his system before the next practice. Otherwise, he's starting to head towards dehydration and breaking down practice-wise. So the scale isn't breaking down anything for you. It's just telling you total weight that you have. So it doesn't say how much is lean, how much is fat, how much is water, how much is, you know. And the water, the more muscle you have on your body, the more water weight you have. And we don't want that to drop way off. I think if you just, you know, you're cutting, if you're a bodybuilder and right before a show, you're trying to cut out all this water so you look more lean. But on a daily basis, you don't want to do that because it takes away from your performance. A 2 to 3% drop in water can change your performance. So on the daily basis, if you're an athlete, you don't want your performance to change because you're trying to tweak your weight. You want your performance to be really good, and then hopefully you find the weight that you're going to be good at. So again, for you, I want it to be a slow process. One pound a week, nothing crazy, maintaining lean the whole time so that when we go back and do your body fat, all we see is a change really in your fat mass not your fat-free mass or your lean tissue. But it's funny you mentioned, it's funny that you mentioned the weight thing because I was thinking about that uh, earlier today. I'm like, there's a reason we go slow is because we want to really keep that lean tissue base. The last, it's so hard to put lean tissue on if you're 50, 60. So you want to maintain that lean, maintain your bone density, maintain your strength as much as you can as you age. Okay, so this, I want to get to this question that I have, but. Yeah. Okay, so the one the thing that I wrote first is, you said if there's a 2 to 3% difference in water, so you said that's what the scale's used for. So if I'm, if I'm looking at my urine and it's starting to be way more bright yellow, that's one sign of dehydration if you're, Correct. if you don't have a lot of clarity to it. Correct. Um, so you are starting to be dehydrated it does affect performance but how do you measure that two to three percent how do i know like right now how do i know how dehydrated i am i i get a headache my my piss is yet more yellow than it is clear um my performance i feel is like what you're saying it goes way down yeah, yeah. dehydration mixed with bad sleep is the worst thing ever totally um but how do you know you're dehydrated really i mean that's that's the nicest way it's it's going to be your urine without a doubt and then it may be how you feel but your urine is almost a you know there's nothing that's a direct correlation chad when we look at medicine it's it's a it's an inexact science there's a lot of variables that we talk about all the time but what's really nice about that is yeah your urine collar will almost tell you where you're at dehydrated wise and there's there's a couple of nice pictures if it's you know barely yellow or almost clear you're very hydrated and then as you go up that scale a little bit more yellow dark yellow really yellow and then it can even be into almost a brownish tint which is dangerous um or that you have a problem but that's that's the easiest way to tell and then just knowing if you've been drinking your water or not i mean other than that you know there's probably a few things you could do to test it but really the urine's a great way to see 
almost immediately where you're at. So like today, I don't. <clears throat> I got great sleep last night. Okay. I slept hard because the night before, I was you know I stayed up. I, I just had my first colonoscopy, so without getting gross. Right. But the right. night before, I had a two hour stint of doing the go lightly of yep. getting rid of the stuff in the Everything. colon. So then, you you're. I was drinking water at the same time because they yep. say to say they say stay hydrated. Yep. Um. I got a terrible night's sleep the night before, but again, I had to wake up at four o'clock the morning of the procedure to do the other half of the go lightly gallon. Gotcha. So you know they give you a yep. break and then you wake up and you do it for you finish the other half, which took me about an hour and fifteen minutes until five seventeen or something. Then I went back to sleep a little bit and had to leave at eight to go check in. Yeah. Here I am a day after the colonoscopy and i don't feel good after okay. a good night's sleep yep. and i think that 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 whole method that they get you on for this colonoscopy test it's a terrible hydrator because you're literally just pissing water the you're, whole out of your ass really you for, got it. and and now my body is like draining i'm trying to catch back up in my liquids yep. but i don't feel good i got a little bit of a headache on both sides of my temp on both temples i don't feel like working out okay I don't. Well, I, I just went out to the yard, and you saw all this work being done. And I bent down, just doing a little bit of physical exercise, and I was like, "Damn, I that's nothing, you know." And so yeah. I, I just don't feel up to par. Plus, you have to remember they knocked you out, and I did get so, sedated. So there's there's some anesthetic there. That the only one of the ways to really work it out of your body and it's hydration probably is hydration. You got it. That's the quickest way to get it out. And you're young enough, and I'm young enough to blow that out through hydration but you'll see people we'd see them come in after surgery in the in the rehab clinic two days after we would do some stuff where we'd pull a drain and, and call the hemovac on their knee and do some stuff and they'd still be out of it i'm like start pumping the water because at least that way kind of helps filter it a little bit and get it out of the system but if you're not drinking that stuff will stay on board for i don't know for sure but it's probably four five six six days depending quicker you get that water on board and like today when you come in we'll probably just do a lot of cardio and movement get the blood flowing and get that stuff moving and clear it out by tomorrow you'll probably feel way different than today so it probably is a little bit of dehydration but it might be a little bit more of the drugs drugs that are on board yep yeah and I, I feel like i i mean right when i got done i ate like an hour after it, i went and ate pho with no noodles but i ate the broth yeah and I and that's great for hydration, yep. but there's and salt in salt. there. Yep, got salt in there, and then I felt like I drank. But man, the way I feel right now, I can tell. I'm. You can tell when I'm hydrated. Another way that I can tell is like when I put water to my lips. You know, people say drink water. Like yeah, you'll take a sip or two. When I just continuously hold it up and chug it yeah. nonstop then I, my body's just accepting more and more. Because yeah. when you're when you're hydrated, your body will tell you, like, you don't need to keep filling me with liquids. You start to get bloated. You start to get that kind of, like, Can. water's gross kind of attitude. Yeah. And now I'm just, like, chugging it, chugging it bad today. But it's weird how you said 2 to 3% your will affect your performance. Yep. 2 to 3%. Doesn't take much. Your, yeah. Doesn't it, take much. Yeah, and it's hydration is a big thing that – is easy to take care of, but I think a lot of us deny it or a lot of us ignore it. Yeah. Do a I, lot, I, I would guess that 75% you, of Americans don't get enough water. Oh, you're, you're right. Well, and, then, and I think it's twofold. It's You almost have to train yourself to drink water, which if you ask my wife, she'll tell you right now, I, I just, I can't stop. I drink all day long and I end up at going to the bathroom every hour, but it's 
like you said, it's pretty clear. I mean, that's just, and now my body craves it. I have to be there 99% of the time. So I think when you look at our population, they don't care. They don't notice it, number one. Number two, they drink stuff with a lot of crap in it. So there is so many drinks out there that are just filled with sugar, filled with chemicals, filled with garbage, and they'll drink a few of those instead of staying hydrated. So so I think it's a twofold problem, what they do drink and that they just never drink. Or, and, and a lot of times when you feel like you're hungry, Chad, it's, it's thirsty. So your body can't differentiate between being hungry and being thirsty. And a lot of times what we're really feeling is that we're just thirsty. Yeah, and but if you, most of us will just go get food. And if you stay hydrated, it can it can help. It's a big part of losing weight because you don't feel hungry. Yep. As long yep. as if you keep water in your system. You got it. There is a such thing as too much water. It's hard to get to, but this yes. isn't a sponsor. They People just heard me open a can. I want to make sure they know I'm not opening a can of beer at... <laughs> noon even though i don't judge it's summertime but this pellegrino flavored waters this mm-hmm. this one is the blood orange and black raspberry yep and they got the merino cherry and pomegranate and i don't know i need to do some research on how healthy pellegrino is because i know the the regular seltzer water they do is very healthy there's this is zero calories no sugar yep but then with the flavoring you start wondering about chemicals and if you're putting something bad into your body but these are amazing yeah these little pellegrino and, and, and for a lot of people chad it's not a bad option i don't think there's many chemicals in that i'd have to look at it but there are some out there that that do have some chemicals in there there's some that don't and of course the less chemicals the better but i think for a lot of people chad they just don't like water you know so one of the best hydration replacement drinks is water squeeze a lemon add a little salt that's one of the best electrolyte replacement drinks out there so if you don't like just water that's a great way to go little salt doesn't have little salt little lemon um that doesn't have any chemicals because some of the some of the drinks do have chemicals and the less of those you put in your body the better so if you had to guess being an athletic fitness trainer in today's age of 2023 what body fat percentage do you think most college baseball players are at position player wise if you looked at them across the board um God. and i don't know when the last time you paid attention to college baseball i watch yeah. a lot of college baseball on tv i will now i've been watching it's, the sec right there yeah i've been watching the sec title or the uh, championship and tournament and i'm going somewhere with this but i'm i'm look i'm, I'm comparing it to my body fat right now that went okay. down quite a bit which i don't like do you understand why it went down as much as it did almost yeah. two points it went from 22 to 20 percent yep in a matter of weeks yep um it was waiting to happen you've been in the gym now consistent for five weeks and you're not seeing huge changes on the scales but you're being very consistent diet exercise you know the whole package hydration sleeping way better so it's everything's starting to roll for you it's going to start to to change and we're just we're just so we're just so geared towards i want to drop 10 pounds in a week chad but like i said last time i'm like uh, you know half the time i have to ask people when did you put 15 pounds on in three months Uh, it's it's usually been two or three years right unless they did something crazy and just totally let go it's usually been a period of time and we just are so keyed into i just want to lose it in two weeks it's like no that's not number one not the right way to do it right you're gonna you're gonna get it you're gonna put it right back on i mean that's honestly that's the recidivism rate for most 
poor diets or just cutting calories or doing you know crazy stuff is probably 98%. Most people on a diet will gain it right back. So you want to do something that's a long-term lifestyle change. And that's, I think, over the last five weeks, that's where you're going. And that's why you saw those changes. So if you had to guess, what do you think most of them walk around at? You know, the, it, again, really depends, right? Catchers are a little bit bigger. Sometimes third and first baseman's a little bigger. You look at those athletes uh, in the outfield. Some of the athletes, some of the guys at the at first or uh, second short, I mean, some of those guys chatter eight, nine, ten. I'm looking at Vanderbilt. I've been. I just get some of their stuff right now in the SEC, and I see some of those guys. They're lean. Some of those guys are probably. But they're they, heavy, they and that's where guys. I was going. This they're heavy. Well, I was looking at all their height and weights. Okay. And every one of them are 210, 220, 230, and, and some even 240. And what's their height? That's where I'm going with this question. Okay. Is as far as bone density, yeah, and muscle and height and the extra inches, yep. How much does that parlay into if I'm 5'10", 230, yep. how much difference is that than being 6'2", 230 or 6'4"? Because you start to get taller, you start to get way longer, add, obviously, and you look yep. skinnier. There's a couple of stats for the, or a couple of easy calculations you can do. But can I, my, my body fat gets to 17, 18%. That's good for my age. That's excellent. Yep. That's elite for, for my for age our group. age group, yep. So at a, as, as a 20-year-old athlete in college, if you're six foot three, 240, or six foot three, 230, let's say, yep. how much different is that than me being five foot 10, 230 at 48 years old? Does this question make sense of where I'm going with it? Yeah. I'm kind yeah. of wondering, like, how, like, if I was, I'd look a lot better if I was 6'3", 230. Yep. Than 5'10", 230, probably. Totally, totally. You but would. how much difference is that? Is it just well, mean I'm carrying more fat? Is it automatically mean that, or can I have more lean and more muscle development than they do at 6'3", 230? And that's why I don't have the height in inches, but I have the pounds. So... It would depend. Again, one of the probably one of the best posters I've seen, and I wanted it for the gym. And this was a female poster because it was basically, I think it was actually Dove Soap that did it. And it was like eight or nine ladies, all weighed between one, I think it was 135, 155, 140 to 160. So different. So you can't just put somebody on a scale. You get their height and weight, that's great. But if you don't know their body, composition you really can't break them down so you get some guys who are 6'4 220 and they're rock solid you get some other guys who are 6'4 220 and they're they look like a beanpole right and they right. could be the same weight and just look very different with how they carry it so to put you up against them you're looking at you're looking at two different animals right you've got 30 years on them right or, or 25 26 whatever so very different these guys are just developing they're very athletic so typically you're looking at a pretty low body fat pretty good amount of lean tissue um and, and you know you know when you were playing baseball in in college you were trying to put weight on right it's not oh, yeah. easy to do so then we get to a certain point and that starts to go through and change and it's real easy to put weight on and then we're trying to keep the fat down so it, it would be really hard to tell and then the other thing you have to remember i should i meant to throw this in first sometimes their weights are, are skewed right so so you got the basketball players who are all giving themselves two extra inches in the program and 20 extra pounds so so sometimes that's not the truth when you look at the program right so we would have to break it down a little bit more to really see 
um, where their numbers are to get to get a better idea. But you're going to see guys who are, you know, between six foot and six four and can look very different because they just carry their weight differently. And some of them, it's it's based on their body comp. So if I'm looking at myself at I think that my ultimate weight would be 205. Yep, I, I agree with that. Okay, so where do I carry most of my fat? Like like every male in our gym, right? Every, every guy who has extra weight, Chad, it's always above the waistline in the midsection. It's, it's, that's the easiest place where it goes. First place to gain, and, and again, this isn't for everybody, first place you gain it, last place you lose it. Males, it's the gut. Low, low back above the uh, belt line and gut. Okay, females usually below the belt line, hips, thighs, legs. So when we do your body comp, we look at different numbers. We got one up, one up top, one in the middle, one below. That's for a three site check. We're checking those different areas. Everybody in our gym in our age range, upper numbers are great. Bottom numbers are great. It's that midsection. Okay, that, so that we said we talked about it. that last podcast, Rob. Okay. But if I'm at 18% body fat yep. and that is elite okay. then that means I don't have a whole bunch of belly fat but it's all right there right it, it would or be, love handles it, it would all be right in that area if if you're at 18% shouldn't be bad right but you still have 18% so, but, but what, so if but, okay, it's all so, in one area it might just look a little different than if it were spread out our body just doesn't so what would I have to what kind of lifestyle would I have to live to be 48 48 years old and have 10 percent body fat i wouldn't be able to live really no, i mean the older we could. get the older we get it, it becomes more difficult to keep your metabolism to keep your lean muscle mass to keep all that going on yeah. so where do you want to live at uh, well when you have to remember you've been at this weight remember we talked about homeostasis so you've been at this weight consistently for quite a while we have to trickle it down get it back down to if we get it down to 14 13 chad it's not gonna be that hard to maintain it once you get down there right now your body's really comfortable at where you are so if we tweak it only for five or six weeks and then you go right back to your old lifestyle guess what it's coming right back on right so we got to be consistent for a while get these numbers down we got to do what you're doing right now isn't I wouldn't consider it drastic. Do you consider it drastic, what you're doing right now? So it's it's not extreme. It's not crazy drastic. But you're starting to see on a scale, you're starting to see those numbers drop down and they're going in the right direction, right? You got to get it down there for a little while and reset your set point. And then you're going to be able to hang there for a while and do a few things bad. Now, if you go right back to where you are, That's the thing it's going to go back. The mental part of it, where I want to get is to where I won't allow myself to to where i'll be having more checks and balances okay because once you get there and you do and you put the hard work in yep that's been the whole routine of my whole professional career is work out as hard as you can this summer and then f off the whole fall right to where you don't barely work out you're eating crap you're drinking you're partying you're hunting you're going from town to town you're living out at lodges and hotels and stuff for anybody it's a hard lifestyle just to keep your routine and maintain but um Checks and balances, I think, in a person's mind of holding yourself accountable come through one thing. If you do crash diets and it falls off, 
that's why you gain it right back because you don't exactly. hold yourself accountable. Right. If you if there's only one way to really hold yourself accountable. I mean, I've even seen these like shows like my six hundred pound life that yep. that my friend watches religiously. I'm not just trying to sound like that guy says I'm asking for a friend. I've seen like one episode, but this, my guys tell me that a lot of them, it comes right back after they yep. go and get the surgery yep. that they don't change their lifestyle enough. They don't, they don't mentally have it to hold themselves accountable and perform these checks and balances. So yep. there's only really one way to do that. And that's to put the work in, in the gym, yep. which I ain't going to lie. Like being in the gym and working out the way we do is beneficial as hell and i love it but it's not easy like i don't no. come out of there i don't come out of there and wake up in the morning and be like oh man like i don't feel it like i i feel the the difference yep it hurts sometimes it's hard sometimes but again there's so many things that come out of it the little things that if you look at it that i notice every single day the way that i the way that my wrist feels I like yep. that's going to sound weird to people Yep. But the way that you hold water, the way that your body will start to will start to like take shape, like you're saying, you're going to see those changes. I can feel it in my skin tightness. Like I can feel it in the way my shirts fit, my shorts fit, my waistline, yeah. my quads not rubbing together. Where you like you get those fat quads sometimes yep. because you're not you know inner thigh. Yep. So the checks and balances will tell me because of the hard work. I would never ever be able to lose weight just dieting. I don't think that I have that. I, Maybe I could, but I, I honestly think I need the physical part yeah. of the working out of to keep my mental state there of checks and balances. Yeah. If I'm just dieting and I'm and I'm, like, ah, I'm down a couple of pounds, I go, I'll just go eat and then I'll just diet again. Right. It, but, it, well, but to maintain it is hard. You have to put the time in the gym to maintain it. Yep. No, it, it, it is. We talk about it all the time. It's work. But all of the side effects of the working out and, and all the lifestyle habits that we're trying to do are beneficial, right? So we're, we talk a lot about prevention. And you did, you did the colonoscopy yesterday, which is totally prevention, right? You, you went in at 48. So far, they're not seeing anything. You may not have to go back for 10 years. That's good. You're, you're doing a good job. So you're trying to do all these little things that are going to give you that lifestyle that we talk about at 60, or 70 still doing what you do right going out and hunting not even thinking about it just loading up the truck getting in and going and not having to think oh man i better get in shape this hunt's going to be really tough it's just your daily activity so you just load up and go right i mean me going up to hike mount rose i don't even think about it. i'm like okay throw in some good shoes let's grab snacks because we're gonna need some food and water and let's go i don't go oh, this is gonna kick my ass i'm gonna be out for three weeks afterwards I, i'm like i'm gonna do it and i'll probably be a little sore the next day and then by the third day i'm back in the gym you right so it's it's those things chad and, and it's creating that lifestyle that's based on maintaining this lifestyle at 50 why can't we feel this way i feel pretty good at 54 why why can't i feel this good at 64 and do the same freaking things that's my plan and why not do it at 74 when i get to 64 i'm gonna go i got 10 more years of doing this and when i if i keep it going hopefully i'm like at 84 i'm still doing this shit right so that's the big time goal and like you said to to just train really hard in the summer and then let it go You've done a pretty good job of maintaining, right? But you create that that almost that yo-yo. Okay, I get my weight down. I'm looking pretty good. And now I'm going to just let it all go. You're pretty good, right? But if we can keep a little bit more consistent through the fall, think of where you'll be next year. And then I'll be like, 
all right, Rob, all I want to do is take six pounds off this summer. And then we get it down there. And all of a sudden you're like, I can maintain this. I didn't, I didn't have to do anything extreme last fall to maintain. I just watched a few things. I didn't stay out as late. I, I, I actually exercised a little bit more. I stayed away from a few extra drinks. You know, I just had some soda water and, and threw in a splash of, you know, liquor just to hang out, whatever. So there's things we can do that aren't extreme. We don't have to just cut everything out and I'm on a water diet, right? So, so that's the goal because these cycles, these crazy up and downs aren't good for you. And then ju- just like you said, just to try and cut weight, just to cut weight, you're probably going to lose your lean tissue and that's going to affect you. So then where the do I want to be body fat wise at my age right now? I know that it says 18% yep. is elite yep. according to the charts, but there's also charts out there that say that I'm obese. There's also charts well, that say you're on your height oh, and weight. Yes. And then yeah. there's also the BMIs yeah. that say you're yeah. overweight. Yep. That, I, totally I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how you, I, totally am. I don't know if those are legit charts. I don't know because they, they aren't, they're dated. They're, they're dated, dated. But, but it gives you, it gives you a ballpark idea. It's kind of like the heart rate thing, right? The guys who came up with the 220 minus your age gives you your max heart rate. And then you, then you multiply it out. They're like, we didn't expect this to be the Bible on heart rate it was a ballpark so it's the same thing with this bmi the body mass and and how how heavy you should be at a certain height again it all depends on where you're at but um these are just ballpark numbers and then we can dwindle it down we can do your dexa scan or do some body comp things to kind of get a little closer and go okay i'd like you to get down a little bit here and then some of it's the mirror test I don't like how this looks. So let's take myself down a little bit and see if I can get my waist down. Now, can't spot reduce, right? So we can't just go into the gym and do an hour of abs and think that that's going to mold your stomach. It, it will change the muscle underneath it. But if we keep that layer of fat on top of it, it's not going to look any different, right? So, so now we got to do. And the other thing I wanted to touch on that you said, and it, we argue about this all the time. People are like, oh, it's 98% diet and it's 2% workout. I've never felt that way. You have to do the combo of lifting weights, which we've talked about before. Strength benefits are huge. You have to watch what you eat without a diet because I think with a diet, you can you can train all day and you know you go down to get a calorie-filled coffee in the morning and then you go to all-you-can-eat sushi and do something crazy for dinner. You can eat yourself way over a, a solid training routine easy right so you've oh, yeah. got to watch what you put into your body and then there's got to be some movement and cardio and it when we talk about cardio there's different ways of doing it i don't like to just sit there on a treadmill and go for two hours and and you know waste time i think there's better ways of doing it, it might take us a little longer to fully burn all those calories but that's going to be we're going to be way more efficient it's what we want to do with our athletes like, like we talked about with colton last time is you know we want to train like we're going to play versus hey colton just go jump on that treadmill for 45 minutes and let's burn 200 calories what what the frick's that going to do for him on the field absolutely yeah. nothing so so you've got to have all three and the more all three are in check the better your results are going to be i'm going to throw another one at you though that's okay. really helping me okay is i don't know if it's called movement or stretching or a lot of people there's all a lot of different theories on stretching out there you can mm. stretch your hamstrings too yep. much and take the power and the explosiveness out of them by yep. taking the elasticity or whatever all that all that science stuff is in biology but i know for me when i look in the mirror now my torso is longer than it was two months ago 
Right on. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I can see yeah. more of a long torso yep. through, I don't know if that's through my spinal cord being stretched and moved the right way to where it's yeah. getting elongated over the stretches that we're doing, that the muscles are being released more to let my posture come back. So, yep. so what I do yep. is when I'm sitting in a chair, I'm catching myself trying to sit up more, yep. trying to roll my shoulders back just a little bit more. Yep. And then I'm trying to take my belly button and activate it through my spine and pull it back through my spine, which I learned in 1993 in college. From, and, that's, and that's changed a little bit. That but, might change yeah, too, yeah. but that's, but that's still, how I've always activated still my core. Still does a great job. Right? When I'm shooting posture. a shotgun, I've yep. always thought about my core of activating yep. it by, by that button is my belly button. Yep. And I can and I turn it on and I bring it to my backbone. And I kind of, I don't suck in. Yep. I I kind of engage you breathe and engage it. Right. Yeah. Um, so now I can, that's the other thing is that people could go in the gym and work out and and really get that blood and that pump and that muscle full of blood. But my muscles feel better and perform better when they're longer. Yep. I don't know if that's a fiber thing or a tendon thing or a spinal cord deal, but my torso is longer today than it was 60 days ago. Have you had the wing sauce? Oh yeah. Do you love it? I do. Do you love the name of it? The right wing sauce, I do. Is it a label cool name? The right wing sauce. Good label. It's good. It's unbelievable taste. Joel Cleefish, our buddy up in Wisconsin, came up with that recipe. And we're in New York, right by Buffalo. And we're going to this local place called Doug's in the city we're hunting out of in September. And I'm like, dude, he starts telling me this story about this wing sauce. I'm like, well, fly some in here. Let's see. And we go to Doug's. We knew we knew the we got to know the owner and some of the workers because one of the guys we were hunting with knew him and introduced us. We're like, can we come in here on Wednesday night, wing night, Wednesday? It's Wednesday wing night, and all the locals are there. Can we toss some in the sauce and see what people think? And that's what we did. Overnighted it in from Wisconsin, tried it out on their wings, and that's when I said we're going to do this. We're going to put it in the provider line. So now you can get the provider right wing sauce at theproviderlife.com. It's going to be on wings and fried pickles and other dishes at Nashville Scoreboard. The Nashville Palace, the other restaurants in Nashville. Dip your chicken fingers in it. Dip your chicken fingers. We had it at Pinocchio's that day. Mm-hmm. Plus all of our dry rubs, the brand new brand beef rub, the brand new mother cluck and chicken rub, plus our 10 originals, the fowl, the sonora, the flaky, the spawn, the crosshairs, the dragon, the brit, the drop tine. Swine is our pork rub. We got so many good rubs. The proof's in the pudding. The flavor's unbelievable. The experience is unbelievable. Don't forget to get your hands on a provider cookbook. 80 recipes. Chad Mendez, myself, Clint Clay, Alex, Jennifer, Tom. I mean, Dan Henderson. There's so many different recipes in there from families. Billy Bogies, smothered deer steak from Prairie Wings, Duck Camp, Arkansas, USA. We're proud of the provider cookbook. We're proud of the provider. Check us out at theproviderlife.com. Get your rubs. Get your cookbook. Get your right wing sauce. And check out the provider tv on my outdoor tv the mo tv app brand new episodes for season two are going to be, be be releasing very soon and you also could check out the provider youtube channel and i ain't going to say a lot about it but we got another podcast coming might be called the provider or the provider life keep your ears open for that we got an awesome host that's going to be taking us down that road everything provider from grilling and chilling and butchering and processing and foraging and marinating whatever you talk about with your wild game your domestic meats your gardening your vegetables your desserts you're going to hear it on the up and coming the provider podcast alex you love the provider i do you heard it here alex crosby loves the provider vision i just had a lens retraction surgery last year it's pretty much like cataracts that you're going to get in your 
60s, 70s, everybody's going to get it. Once you get it, your vision is there. It's never changing. Artificial lenses. I had it at, in my mid-40s, and I'm telling you, with what I do with duck hunting and scouting and um, watching my daughter grow up, and, and I'm just so thankful that I'm back to 2015 in my right eye and 2020 in my left eye, thanks to Dr. Matt Mills, who you've all heard on our podcast. But... I want to protect my eyes, and that's exactly where one of our badass partners comes in, Oakley. Oakley Eyewear, the Oakley culture, the Oakley lifestyle. Protect your vision when you're shooting, when you're fishing. Nothing worse than getting a hook in the eye with somebody casting on the same boat. You just can't take it for granted. The damage the sun can cause, the rays, the UV, just keeping the dust and the dirt out of your eyes. Just everything during a hunt, pit blind, boat blind, it doesn't matter. Sun up, they make different lenses for different skies. Oakley standard issue, I just love the entire story and culture of Oakley Eyewear. They're iconic. They're sold all over the world and they support the military and the blue line and conservation and hunting and fishing in the outdoors and living off the land. And we never hunt without our Oakleys. Everybody's like, why you always got your sunglasses on? Shouldn't be wearing sunglasses. You probably shouldn't in turkey hunting. I don't wear them in turkey hunting because of the vision of a turkey and the reflection. But when I'm shooting consistently on the trap range or the sporting clays or the skeet or the five stand, or I'm in a duck hunt or a goose hunt, I have my Oakleys with me at all time. I put them in my banded backpack. I have them in an Oakley hard case. I keep them protected. The prism, lenses, everything that goes in to the technology behind the Oakley brand and the frames, the function of them, all of the different lenses that you can get and the way they protect our eyes. The technology is second to none. You got to get a pair of Oakleys. I know there's a lot of choices out there when you want to protect your eyes. There's a lot of choices when it comes to being a customer of a eyewear company. But remember, please support the brands that support this lifestyle. Oakley, the official eyewear of the Foul Life TV, the Foul Life podcast, and everything we do here at the provider and where the payment ends. Thank you so much for supporting Oakley. Without a doubt. And and remember, I don't know if you remember this, Chad, but it goes back to a couple things. Right away, when you came in, I told you you were a little bit muscle-bound, right? And that was just your build, basically through your training, where you had taken yourself. It's not a bad thing, but what I wanted to do with you is lengthen you out, make you a little bit more elastic with your muscles, make your make your appearance look a little bit longer, but make the muscles ultimately a little bit more more efficient. So we were doing, I think I think we do a lot more full range of motion stuff. Your push ups are probably a four inch different range of motion than they were when you came in. I'm like, that's you had a good push up, your core, your body position was good, but we got way more motion out of your elbows and shoulders, right? So so we're working full range of motion, which I think is just way better for you. The other thing that we talk about a ton is posture. So every exercise that we do, we're trying to make it whole body, right? We're trying to involve some core, work on your posture, lengthen the body. And one of the things way back this is way back at what was formerly called exos and now or sorry athletes performance now it's exos he would tell his guys young guys too hey you're going to be two inches taller when you leave here and it's like are we going to make you two inches taller no but you're going to be we're going to lengthen you out so these muscles work properly over a longer range of motion and ultimately your posture is going to be better you're going to be two inches taller and and when we look at our young kids i mean you see it sometimes when you walk into the gym and see the girls standing and carrying a heavy backpack and sitting in a chair all day at school their posture sucks so sometimes we'll go through a warm-up with them that's 10 or 12 minutes and they get bored with it but it's just to open them up and get them moving and wake the muscles up and get that length out of them and i think over time you that you're noticing exactly what i wanted you to notice 
with that. So is it possible to get taller? Uh, no, not really. But is it possible that you've lost some of your height through your poor posture? Hell yeah. And then we do, we do lose inches as we age because of the weight that happens on our intervertebral discs. We've got 20, basically 26 intervertebral discs that are fluid filled. And so throughout the day, they become less fluid filled. And so you will shrink. Now, if you do the right things, Chad, you can maintain your height for a lot longer because you're doing the right thing. So you're decompressing your spine. You're working on your posture. Your core is really effective at maintaining your posture. So you can maintain your height for a lot longer. So if you say, if we had measured you when you first started, you're like, shit, I'm an inch shorter than I was so and so long ago, you know, 20 years ago. Well, that's probably true. You probably lost a little bit of height. Could we get back a half an inch, maybe three quarters? Sure, because it may have been postural, lack of core, just the way you held yourself, spending too much time driving, sitting at a desk. So that, that can definitely old, change. Do those old school decompression tables work where you would flip over where you put your uh, feet? Sure. Do that, that, is they that can a good be beneficial. To... Some people love those things. Do they still well, work? Do they, people still use them? Oh, yeah. Why don't you oh, yeah. have one? Why don't I have one? What's another thing that you can do in the gym to get that same? And if people don't know what I'm talking about, you would put your feet in these cuffs, then you would be on a table that swings. Yeah. And you got to control it, obviously, because I've seen people fly out of them. But, yeah, you start easy. But, but then you kind of like flip all the way, almost yep. all the way inverted with your feet up in the air. You're almost that's, in a headstand or a handstand. Yeah, that's what they're called. They're they're an inversion table. Inversion. What did yep. I say? You Impre- said a decompression. Compression, decompression table. Yeah. No. Yeah. It does decompress your spine, right? Because it's traction. So, so what some else people can you love do in the gym to get that effect? Everything. If I want to get it today, we do. rolling so, out. So... Well, the rolling would lengthen the muscles. It's not going to change. And we, we do roll the back a little bit, so you might feel like you're lengthened there. But inchworm, even though we're in a weird position there, Chad, we're stretching that whole posterior chain from the bottom, base of the feet all the way to the base of the neck. So through doing that and stretching that, that's almost similar, right? Even though the position is way different, we're, we're decompressing that whole posterior chain. That's going to change it. And then we might do some planks and activate the core and open up there. And then really it's just our our nice long lunges that we do is really working on those tight hip flexors and opening up the quad and the groin. So now that is going to help your posture, help your abs hold you up better. So all those things kind of work. And, and then, you know, a decompression table can be great, but I bet you can get that same feeling from doing some inchworms, some really long lunges, some plank to activate the core, just some full body movement stretches, stretching and opening up the shoulders like we do at the thoracic rotation. All those things are going to provide the same benefit. Is the inchworm a yoga pose? It is. Down dog. That's downward dog? Down dog, yep. Yep. So how would... If people are out there listening to this that have done yoga but haven't referred to it as an inchworm, it's the downward dog <laughs> or down dog, whatever. How do you breathe through an exercise like that when your body's contorted like that? How nice? Because I've been able to teach myself how to breathe in a lot of different instances that yep. I that I know I'm going to be in. Yep. Whether it's out of breath on my back, out of breath on my stomach, high heart rate on both of those on one knee, standing on one foot. I've, I've practiced a lot of that stuff on how to control my breathing. Yep. Um, I do a lot of high heart rate training with firearms, yep. whether it's a shotgun or a rifle. I walk to the top of a mountain and I get all of a sudden a prone shot and I'm like, bam, or, I, or, or a handgun. If something, had, if something went wrong yep. in my home and that high pressure situation is on me, I've trained in all of these things, yep. but I can't breathe in a downward dog. 
I get, I almost panic. Okay. I almost get to the point where I'm either going to, my spinal cord is going to do something bad, <laughs> but it's because I can't breathe. Gotcha. So I, 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 my heart rate gets up because I'm in a, I'm in a flight or flight or fight mode yep. to where then I just give up on it. I can't figure out the threshold of a downward dog <laughs> or an inchworm, if it, that makes sense. It, it's probably, Yeah. I mean, so in that in that top end position, it's harder for your diaphragm to work. So that could be part of it. The other thing is, it's a pretty intense stretch for you. So that could be part of it, right? The, the, that you're working on this intense stretch and your brain goes there and it is a fight or flight thing. So I think the biggest thing is at the very top, you want to breathe out and just relax into it. So I would say treat that just like you do when you get to the top of the mountain and all of a sudden you're gonna, like, I got a shot. I got to drop down. I got to get under control. I got to de- do deep breathing. So almost all the time you'll hear me talk about deep breathing because the more we can get into deep breathing, we're getting out of that top third of our lung space and we're starting to use our diaphragm and, and involve the whole lung. So really the more we can do that, the more oxygen we get in, the more oxygenated the muscles are, the less our heart has to work. So that's the goal with all those. And really, I've changed my breathing thing a ton where it used to be exhale on the exertion, especially when we were lifting. I just want that breathing to be fluid. Whatever's comfortable is really where I go. And then we can do some different things to work on. But what I would, what we'll do today, because I'm going to make you do some inchworms, is when we get into it at the very top, I'm going to have you exhale as much as you can and really get into that stretch. And then when you walk it out, you can take a nice big breath in and then we'll go again. But ultimately, as you're doing it, depends on the length of time. You may take a little small breath in between, but I'm going to really have you hold it at the top or, or sorry, fully exhale at the top and then take a big breath in at the bottom. Is that an exercise that you would recommend? Or is that a stretch? What is that considered a stretch? It's a stretch, but, but it's we, also an but, exercise. But it's a, it's a, yeah, you're engaging your you're, muscles. You're getting the heart rate up. It's whole body, right? So the how, how, how often should I do inchworm or downward dog i gotta look at up that. Least, are you sure it's called down dog down dog it's not at called downward least, dog down dog well downward dog down dog same I, thing depending on which yoga that's the you same exact to. thing as an inchworm yeah we just call it inchworm because for the kids so we're doing yoga on that so that's we are how do, we do have should, a should i do it every day poses. is that that's, something you do every day you can totally i i like that one chad i've told you before do it every day you just didn't listen to me i told you because i hate it no i really do it's <laughs> you hard. do too and you know what it's almost unanimous. A lot of the kids hate that one too. I have a lot of comfort level. In a, like when we first started rowing, I had a very bad distaste for rowing because um, obviously my legs, I was doing shorter legs and shorter bursts until I yep. really started getting it. But now I use it as not just cardio or a personal challenge, but I also use it as that whole that whole mindset of my body getting to the point to where understanding what's working during that exercise so like i look at how it's engaging my biceps my forearms my quadriceps my calves my core my all of my activation in my core and my abdominals and then seeing how you feel after set the biggest thing for rowing for me now just like what you know if we're on the versa climber which i love too i absolutely love the versa climber which is easy to hate yep um or the the arm bike is the recovery after of like when I get done doing 300 meters in two minutes or 400 meters in two minutes, how fast can I get back on there and mm-hmm. do it again? Yep. So that's, I get that. I get that that's part of cardio, but yep. cardio to me is, is very boring. Yep. If you're judging it on 
running for three or four miles. I'm getting more results out of those interval training sessions of getting three to four sets of that row or that VersaClimber in. And then it's that checks and balances and that self-gratification of like, yes, things are changing, things are improving. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing the improvement, I'm feeling the improvement, and my recovery is proof of it. Yep, yep. No, that's that's honestly the best heart rate training right there is those intervals where you – get that heart rate down afterwards. But I think what you're really noticing, Chad, it's kind of what you cued into a second ago. I think it's your hip and back mobility. I think you're so much more mobile in your hips that the rower has gotten easier. You've you've got better range of motion, and now you can crank it out and get full range. But I think it's your mobility through your hips, backs, and hips, back, and low back and upper back. I think that's what you're seeing there. So that type of workout that we're doing that has the mixture of weightlifting with some of those quick bursts of cardio mm-hmm. or interval training. Um, would you, we're talking about now of, of a heart rate monitor. Let's talk yep. about, let's talk about two things of getting your steps in and understanding what your recovery is, is two little things that anybody can start with in their fitness journey or whatever you want to call yep. it. I think that's yep. what it's called, yeah, right? Totally. Your fitness. Everybody's you're, you're. Every, for everybody at least once in your life should be should experience or be involved in a fitness journey. If you're not every day and you don't live it and breathe it and that you make it a, a constant in your life, you should at least experience it one time. I would and a lot would, of people don't. I would hope. You would hope. <laughs> but in their fitness journey getting steps in um, I always used to look at people like, oh, dude, walking is, isn't shit. Like, you can't get out there. I'm walking. Now, I'm doing walks that I'm concentrating on my posture. I'm concentrating on my footprint, on 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 the way my feet scale the yeah. ground, barefoot yeah. in the morning on the cold concrete. Yeah. I'm doing stuff like if I was, I've never had a DUI. I've never been in a sobriety <laughs> test, but I'm doing things that would be involved in a sobriety test, the yeah. foot-to-foot balance, walking on 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 edges. I'm, I'm doing things to where I'm standing on one foot a lot and doing, whether it's brushing your teeth in the morning, yeah. it's a great way to judge your balance and to feel like, can you even do that? Can right. you close your eyes and brush your teeth with one foot in the air, try it tomorrow morning in the dark. Yep. Close your eyes and try to brush your teeth on one foot, and it'll and you'll be surprised how don't, many people can't do it. Don't make them close their eyes yet. You got to start with just the yeah. Foot. Well, okay, fine. Do it without closing <laughs> your eyes, but get to the point to where you can. Because I was going to say we use that functional movement screen, right? And a lot of times people will just bomb on the balance because balance is. I mean, I've got guys who are thirty-five and forty, Chad, whose balance is just god awful. But they, their job is sitting all day. But if they just did, like you said, one of the easiest metrics you can get is just movement. I mean, like when the weather's crappy and, and we Tiff and I just decide to hang out for a little while, I'll look at my phone at noon and it's like, geez, dude, you've got 600 steps in. you know. And on a normal day, I get almost 1,000 steps with each client. So usually I get to work right at six and by noon i'll look at my phone i've got six thousand steps so on one of those sundays where it's uh, how are you counting i'm just using is it a watch so that's my iphone i'm just using my iphone for that one how do you measure i almost always have it on me it it will just it will measure your iphone will measure steps in that activity uh that activity app it'll measure steps and i have it on me way too much yep yep really yeah so I'll show you right now. Now it's way up because because Jake and I, Jake and I hit a few golf balls this morning, right there. You already got ten thousand steps it's in. Ten thousand steps and it's 
One o'clock. Where is that at on the iPhone? So is it in your this, it's this app. All right, we're teaching the, you guys something. App. Maybe you guys already so know. Just, just the health app. Okay, wait, the heart? Yep. Wait, I wonder if I have that. Just Hold the on. health app. Is that a guarantee? Is that it's, one that comes with it? It's one that comes with it. Health. You probably, you probably zoomed it out. Welcome to health. I've never been on it. <laughs> Learn more, continue. Set so, up health details. Okay, so. Um, so I just checked my steps with that. Now, you can easily have a an Apple Watch, a Garmin watch, a Polar watch. Those will all measure your steps too. So it's it's so it's just such an easy metric to see where you're at. And so if like for example today, Chad, you've had a way, one of those days where you're just in the podcast room, right? You you're making a few phone calls, you're on the podcast. You may only be at 1000 steps. Now, when you hit the gym, we're going to make up for that in the hour that you're there, hour and 30 minutes that you're there. We're going to make up for that. So, but if you're not going to the gym, get the 10,000 steps because number one, it's great to move. It helps your breathing. It helps your posture. Like you said, you can do a few things while you're on that walk, like work your balance, walk backwards. If you've got a, an area where you don't have any obstacles in the way, which walking backwards is, is way different to tax your brain. And it's, and you're probably going to go back to work being way more productive because just that little bit of movement helps you breathe and helps you refocus. Okay. And then the other thing, Chad, when you're out on a walk, you're probably not shoving your face full of food. So it keeps you from uh, eating at that time. And when you're not eating, then you, and the other thing you mentioned earlier, it might throw off your appetite for a while where you're like, okay, I'm not hungry. It was just good to move. I'm going to get some water in and I don't need to eat right now. I, I just, you know, felt like I needed to eat, but just moving was what I needed to do. So that's a great metric. I only have 750 steps in today. Well, and if you haven't had your phone on you, then maybe it's more, right? But how, do you, but, how does it measure? But if you took, have, I just took eight steps just now while you were talking. Give it a minute, and it'll 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 it really? they'll click on. Yeah. So so if you get out of it and get back in, it'll like if we walk down to my car and back, you'll get 200 steps. So. But yeah, but but I have my phone on me, which is probably not great, but I just, I ignore it, you know, and I just have it there. And at the end of the day, I'll check it, but I'll get almost a thousand steps with each client. So I pretty much can average, I think this this week I'm averaging 12 or 13,000 steps. Yeah, now, so that's what that I'm, doesn't replace a workout, right? That's Those are just steps. But if you haven't started a workout program and you just start there, that's a huge change. I mean, you you might burn 300 calories more and eat a little bit less, and all of a sudden, over three or four weeks, you start dropping some weight. If you've got will that measure if you get on an arm bike? Are those considered steps? No, no. If you were to put it on your arm, you know, actually put the phone on your arm or, or put it on the bike, it might get it a little bit. But it's and it's pretty darn close. They're all pretty close. They measure I don't, I how don't, much motion. That's amazing that this thing can feel, can record your steps without yeah. having anything on you. Yeah. No. So well. Because they're watching your they're watching your every move, Chad. That's the downside of that. But yeah, no. There's my here's my steps for the week. Averaging twelve thousand, and most of those are in the gym. Yeah, a big percentage of that's in the gym. So every once in a while, if it's nice, I'll go for a hike in that or or play golf. I'll get another five thousand steps playing golf. Uh, but this is almost all this week just being in the gym. And that's, but that's just my daily. So, right there is exactly what we we're talking about. You can literally just go on a walk and improve your fitness without a doubt. tenfold by without moving, doubt. by by being active, by getting blood flow and working the muscles and, that it takes to learn and helping your brain. 
getting that blood flow and, and oxygen is great for the brain right i mean one of the bigger problems that's happening right now with uh our aging society is all the nerve issues in the brain all the cognitive functions that are going away and just doing that's beneficial the more the more you the more you do the more you move the better your body is it's it's made to move it's made to move and move blood flow get oxygen in keep the muscles strong and supple that's the other thing that's that what it tells it's all about you is that if your only exercise in the gym if your only exercise is in the gym for an hour a day hour and a half for me yep when it's not duck season then your overall activity could be low your i average 5000 steps a day okay which is terrible with and mm. and i would say that probably 800 to 1000 of those are in the gym during my workout Might so be. just because you're yep. working out for an hour in the gym a day might not it's better than nothing yep but it still yep. doesn't hurt to go on that evening walk totally which you is easy it. it's easy you got it it's yep. a no-brainer yep go on the evening walk with the dog instead of being on your phone or watching tv you'll you'll increase your your health tenfold yep which i'm not trying to be a doctor i'm just saying like i'm looking at it in a personal level of like well holy fuck rob seven thousand steps ahead of me eight thousand steps ahead of me a day <laughs> yeah that's terrible if this is true I'm going to watch this big time over the next week because I've never had it on. I've never even had this app set up. Gotcha. Yeah. No, it's it's easy. And and if you don't have your phone on you, then, you know, you can add some steps in. But if you take it with you, throw it in your, you know, back pocket and go for a walk and it does a pretty good job. Or buy a Fitbit, whatever you like. It doesn't matter. The problem with those is that I don't wear jewelry. Yeah. I will wear a monitor in the gym. If yeah. you, are you going to get me a strap? I think I have a strap. I forgot to put a battery in, but we are going to start playing with that a little bit. So with you heart see. rate and see. Yep. Yep. I want to see. You had recovery. a question on heart rate. I can answer it. I can't remember where you were going with it. So we used to do, I'll just throw this out. We used to do a VO2 test, which I think is really cool. And it's kind of the old school, you know, uh, watching the Gatorade commercial and the guy's got this. Uh, mask on and it goes to a tube goes to a computer so we used to do that and my machine's just outdated i did not know that your vo2 score has huge health longevity implications so we can kind of we can do some calculations to figure yours out but the biggest thing that you were saying earlier about heart rate is you want to be able to maintain so if we said 220 minus your age chad 172 for you so if we said, hey, 172 is your max, I have no doubt in my mind you can get to 172. You may even be able to get to 180. Now, if it lingers there, so let's say we get it up there, Chad, and it wants to sit there for two minutes before it starts to come down, it shows that you're out of shape, right? So your heart is continuing to work even though you've stopped your activity. It's continuing to try and get blood out to the, the active muscles and, and profuse the, the muscular system. And... If you've stopped activity, heart rate should start to come down. If it sits there, it shows that your heart is lagging behind and your heart is not in as good shape as it needs to be. The more you do the intervals that we talked about earlier, the better it is. But what you want to watch for is your heart rate should drop 30 beats in the first minute, followed by at least another 20. So let's say we get you to 172, 175, and then we just do a slow walk in the gym. In the first minute, Chad, I want you at 142. In the second minute, down to 120. Then we go right back into another interval. That's how you know your heart's in good shape. The quicker it recovers is another way you can test yourself to see how good a shape so you're it's in. Not, so it's, it's kind of not dumb, but 
unintelligent not to do that. It is. I sh- I it's, should it's be a doing great. That. It's another great test that doesn't take anything. You don't even have to have a monitor on if you just learn how to do your pulse at your wrist or your carotid artery. It's really easy. Take your pulse, and if it sits there for a minute before it starts to go down, you know you're not in great shape. You want to get in better shape. Now, somebody, the other thing you can tell is if you're our age, right, and your max heart rate's like 135, 140, we know you're not in great shape. Now, I'm not telling everybody to go out and see what you see if you can get your max heart rate up, right? That wouldn't be the best thing to do if you've been sitting on the couch forever. Just start walking, like we said. But these are some easy, great tests to do to see kind of where your heart is. And again, your heart does a lot of freaking beats a day. Your lungs do a lot of breathing every day. If you're not working them, then they're probably dropping off steadily as you age. And that's a problem. Big time. Yep. I guess that's a good place to end it is there's really no excuse. There's just, there's, I don't care. Like there's so many theories out there that people make up of why they don't work out Mm -hmm. or they don't stay on this you know the biggest one besides the tv thing the time it's no. fucking hard chad yeah it's hard it's hard it's uh, work is hard it's so hard. you gotta do it's, it's you don't very, have to start very crazy uncomfortable right no but you start building the base and and think about last week you asked me one day you're like was that a hard workout and it was it was a it wasn't our hardest workout right i didn't put you through one of those extreme fireman workouts but it was a legit workout but at that point you're like felt pretty good today was a good day now somebody who's in shape or in bad shape that would kill them right yeah but for you where you're at it's it was it hard not necessarily did you feel pretty good afterwards yeah so we're progressing right and, so and, and, yeah and progress I, we'll talk about this more on the next podcast here with rob knatzer from sierra strength and speed right here at this life ain't for everybody but you know if you really want to get down to to another part of this whole thing is aesthetics and i think that that we've talked about you know sex drive and testosterone and look you know if you do have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife it's your responsibility to stay looking good um now again people could say that i'm ignorant and and close-minded or short-minded by saying stuff like this but if you can look in the mirror and you don't get down on yourself when you look like a pile of shit because we've all been there we've all had those days where you wake up and you're just like god if that doesn't tell you something like if that doesn't activate something in your mind or twitch something of like no more then something's wrong with you if you can continuously get down and dark because of the way you look and you let it feed to the point to where you go the other way of like, well, fuck, it's too late now. That's right. crazy to me. Well, it's never too late. You can do things. So all of these excuses or theories or ideologies that why you don't work out, my back hurts, my knee went out. Oh, I had surgery when I was 19 after an unbelievable high school football career. There's all kinds of excuses. No, a lot of it is you got a fork to mouth problem. Yep. You have a laziness problem. And there's just no way that anybody would ever persuade me that when you get out of the shower and you look in that mirror, cause we all do, unless you don't have mirrors sure. in your house, which I'm sure some of us don't, then there's something wrong with you because I, that gets me dark. That gets me down. If I look at myself and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Well, and I was going to say, and if you're 40 and this is happening, you've got 
hopefully you got 40 more years you can yeah. flip the switch you i mean that's that's the amazing thing around about your body is it's never too late they've done studies on 80 year olds putting on a little lean tissue and a little bone density so if you're 40 and you're feeling like this then time to change. It's time to change. I mean, it's never by, too late. By forty-five, you could feel like you did at twenty-five. Yeah. If you feel like crap at forty, if you start doing the little things, just slowly increment it up. Watch what you eat. Watch what you put in your mouth. Move your ass, and all of a sudden, you might be like, "Man, I feel better at forty-eight you're, you're than I felt more. at 30. It's going to stimulate you to want more. Yep. And remember, we've talked about before, and we'll touch on it again: is the longevity of life is greatly dependable on new studies of lean muscle mass and not falling down and breaking your hip and having good balance and having good core strength and you know whether dr atia is on to something or if that is you know that you know i'm sure there's other studies out there that refute that but it makes sense to me yeah it really does because i look at the guys that live long lives and i said this before they're ranchers they're farmers they're knuckle busters. They're physically active. They might not have been in the gym, nope. but they were less. You know, less works out now. He's eighty three. Yep. That dude swung a hammer and was on job sites his whole life. Now again, genetics plays in it. Sure. But but less. Sure. But but less could have. He had he had a heart attack at sixty five, and that's when he really started working out in the gym again after he retired from his construction company. He kind of was like, you know, I'm not being as physical as I once was. Mm-hmm. The guys hunted all over the world. He's climbed 14,000 foot mountains in altitude. And it's because it, his mass, his lean muscle mass is there. And yep. he, that's, I, I'm telling you the longest lives that I'm not saying that you can't live a long life and be obese, but the longest lives that I've seen, well, there was somebody that said, have you ever seen a fat person, an old fat person? You don't really see a ton of them. No, no. you just don't. And you see, you see some oh, overweight old people, Sure, but you don't see I don't know. Do you? Well, or was the quote that it, you don't see a? F- I don't know. There was a quote about fat people and 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 being uh, you know aging. Yeah. I don't know if you see a whole bunch of. I guess you do. I don't know. Overweight, but they but they probably aren't that big. You know, to get up there, because we talk. It, it's going to be all about the quality, and you can control the quality of your life way more than medicine can. Right. So it's just. You know, being on this, the, the less you have to, they don't do anything preventative on the medicine side, which is really getting tough for me to handle because it's the individual that has to really do the preventative stuff. And the more active you are and the more physically capable you are, the I, I can just pretty much guarantee the better life you're going to have. For sure. Yep. Especially if you like to eat, you like to have a drink once in a while, sure. you like yep. to go on vacations you're you're going to be able to recover way more and get right back on track when you do get off a of vacation than if you just go on vacation and you're out of shape you just keep going down that that snowballing effect that snowball effect of well now now i'm going to go back home and i'm not going to work out i'm just going to continue to eat bad that's when you start to see those big time changes of where obesity could occur and then hospitalization and yeah. and your inability to move and your skin gets weird and your you you see these ankles that got all the bruising and the blood clots and the and 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 you wonder what it takes to get to that point yeah it's crazy to me that somebody would not turn it around yep well we, we only last. got one temple yep you only got one temple 
you don't get a chance at this again. Pretty soon, worms are going to be eating your ass. You, those worms are going to probably be happy that you didn't work out and that you have some more shit to eat. I don't be. know. Maybe they will. But we only get one chance at this. Yep. It makes no sense not to treat it like a temple most of the time. Yep. And giving yourself the ability to go treat it bad once in a while. That you're going. I'm not saying that you're never going to go party or go to the buffet at the casino and pig out or sure. all you can eat sushi or go to Mexico and have 19 sugar drinks in a day. It might happen. Yep. But if you're working out and you come back, you're going to be able to get back on track that much quicker. And plus, while you're down there, you're going to be checks and balances. Feel I'm going better. to the gym in the morning. Yep. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to account for everything I do today. Yep. I'm going to get my steps in on the beach. I'm going to watch my calorie intake. I might not eat as much starch when I'm on the road. Yep. Or you might work out so hard by the time you get down there, you say, hey, I'm going to let it all go. But when you're but when you get back, you're going to be able to get right back on the horse. Yep. It doesn't make sense not to do it any other way. Yep. Again, is that preaching? Or is it real life? Like we might be preaching a little bit, but we're trying to help people live a nice, happy, long life. Just make. It so I don't know if that's preaching or just trying to put some injury prevention out there and make our society a little bit uh, healthier. There's nothing wrong with that. Nope. Yeah. All right. Well, don't be mad at some of the stuff you heard on here. This life ain't for everybody. <laughs> Sierra, strength and speed. I don't know. You guys got another episode. You're going to record soon. Rob and his trainers. You guys have been here in the round table. You girls been here in the round table here with Rob and his trainers talking there fitness. There should be a third one coming out, and then we got to get back in. Third right? one comes out tomorrow. Okay. Um, yeah, but check that series week. out right here. We'll, uh, we're trying to pump as much fitness into this. Yesterday, did you see the videos that we posted yesterday? I did not. You didn't? I know. You don't? I, d- I didn't. So I said I needed, to, I needed to do a little research yesterday because I got a question for you. If people were watching yesterday, hopefully they're still on here. New episodes of Sierra Strength Podcast available now. There I am doing uh, sled put pulls. Different, nice. tr- different training techniques and fitness levels discussed in new episodes. Sierra Strength, This Life Ain't For Everybody. Cardio and just how important is it also broken down. Sierra Strength this life ain't oh, for everybody you, nice been training like crazy to get ready for the next season sierra strength it's like learn more with the discussion here and then you just can click that and it'll take you right to your guys's new episode of the round table rob and crew break down our training sessions and methods on this new episode one-legged squats are not easy it's got me doing some one-legged squats on the bosu ball i didn't even mention it was on a bosu ball balancing sierra strength this life ain't for everybody so listen easy. here see that it's uh, I see know. that Look see those you. videos yeah. right there bam damn Anyway, check out the next episode that Rob's got coming, dropping tomorrow with his trainers. He's got Blake on there. He's got Jake on there. Who else comes on there? Preston's been on. Preston, you guys can hear a lot of noise right now. We got some serious (laughs) landscape maintenance going on. Thank you for joining us right here at This Life Ain't For Everybody. For my guest, Rob Ganatz, we'll be back at you. Listen to this song right here, What You Gonna Do When The Money's All Gone, by the one and only Leith Lofton. See ya. Life on earth won't last too long, so what you gonna do when the money's all gone? I'd rather be poor living off in a hole Than rich as hell without a soul Life on earth won't last that long What you gonna do when the money's all gone? Say life on earth won't last that long What you gonna do when the money's all gone?